0: Every day we take our lives into our own hands when we consume vitamins and supplements. By not knowing the right ones to take or when, we could be doing a disservice to our health or even worse, could be endangering it. Welcome to your daily dose with Doreen Doucette. Now you have a resource to help you use supplements, vitamins, and natural health more safely and effectively. Here is your host, Doreen Doucette.
1: Good morning and welcome to your daily dose. I previously spoke with Dr. Abdurrahman Poulin of PVA Ayurvedic Hospital and Training Centre in India. He spoke in regards to our doshas and how illness occurs. So today I'd like to speak on the manifestation of disease, as well as some of the important Ayurvedic treatments and how they can assist in the reversal of many of our illnesses or diseases. If we remember our conversation with Dr. Poulain, he explained that our bodies are composed of three fundamental elements called doshas. The doshas are named vata, pitta, and kapha, and they govern physiochemical and physiological activities of our bodies. When these three doshas are in balance, they will maintain our good health. When they are out of balance, we become unwell and it will create disease. There are six stages in the development of a disease and they are as follows. Stage one is accumulation. Now, an illness will begin in one of the three dosha sites. When kapha is in excess, it will cause a blockage in the system that will lead to heaviness, bloating, indigestion, and fatigue. When pitta is in excess, it will cause burning sensations, fever, acidity, bitter taste in the mouth, and an increase in anger. When vata is in excess, it will create gas, abdominal distension, constipation, dryness of the body and skin, and insomnia. Stage 2 is Aggravation. Now, As the imbalanced dosha continues to increase, the symptoms which I just mentioned will become more aggravated and they will begin to be noticed in other parts of the body, such as if kapha is increased it can cause you to lose your appetite, have indigestion, etc. The increase of pitta will cause the burning sensations and the acidity in the abdomen. And the increase of vata will result in pain and spasms in the abdomen, as well as gas and rumbling in the bowel. Stage three is overflow. Now, Once the origin site is full of doshas, it will then begin to overflow into the rest of the body. The path of the overflow begins in the digestive tract and then it will move into the blood and then further into the organs. The symptoms at the origin site are still continuing to grow worse. Stage 4 is the moving and localization at a distant site. The doshas are going to move to wherever a weak site exists in the body, and this is when a specific disease will begin to develop. So for example, if vata moves into the bones, it will begin to create arthritis. If your duodenum is weak and the doshas deposit themselves there, it's going to cause a condition such as an ulcer, which is usually a PETA condition. Or if kapha moves into the lung and they are weak, it can cause pneumonia. Now, even at this stage, healing can still be quite simple. Stage five is manifestation. Now, manifestation is the first stage of development of your illness that your medical doctor will be able to detect the signs. In this stage, the disease is fully developed and it's going to begin to show signs having clinical features. This is where your doctor is going to be putting a name to your illness or your disease, such as bronchitis, arthritis, cancer, etc. Stage six is your chronic complications. This is the last stage and the symptoms will become clear enough so that the elemental causes can be determined. For example, asthma, if it's caused by VATA, will cause you to have dry skin, constipation and anxiety. If the asthma is caused by pitta, it will produce a yellow phlegm, fever and sweating. And if the asthma is caused by kapha, it will create a white phlegm or fluid on the lung. So in conclusion, all of our diseases are caused by the aggravation of one or more of the doshas that begins its overflow into the gut and then it will move into the blood and the organs. Now, when beginning an Ayurvedic treatment, we must decide which type of treatment is going to benefit the patient. Ayurveda has two types of approaches to treatment. One of them being a very conservative treatment using drugs, diets, and regimes for subsiding the impaired doshas. Now this type of treatment is going to be most suitable for children, um, the elderly, weak, or injured people, ones who cannot undergo a strong expelling from the body. Number two is a radical treatment for disease, which will completely eliminate the impaired doshas, and it will prevent the relapse of the disease. This is your classical panchakarma therapy, and this which forms the fundamental basis of Ayurveda. The panchakarma therapy is actually a comprehensive method of internal purification of the body with five types of Ayurvedic treatment procedures, which are as follows. The first one is the purification through the GI tract by induced vomiting, and this is called Vamana. This treatment is done for the aggravated Kapha dosha which will dislodge the toxins mainly from the respiratory and gastrointestinal tract. The second one. Is the purification again through the GI tract by induced purgation? This is called virichana. This is evacuation of the bowel by way of laxative, castor oil, or milk hedge, and it's best used for people having chronic skin disorders, diabetes, migraines, asthmas, cough, etc. You're going to experience a lightness of the body and an increase in appetite once the purge is completed. Number three is the purification through the head by nasal medications. Now, this is called nausea, which is a nasal rinsing treatment. Usually, it's made of a plant-based oil or herbal extracts. It will eliminate toxins from the entire head area. Nausea cleans the nose, frees and stimulates the airways, and this cleanses excess doshas from the head region. Number four is the purification through the GI system by a medicated enema. And this is called Vasti, or it can be called Basti, either name can be used for the pronunciation, you'll hear both. This consists of a medical enema using oil, herbs, or a broth. Now this rids the intestinal tract of harmful substances and it does help to restore the natural bacteria. It's best used for any Vata disorders. Number five is the purification through the circulatory system by selective bloodletting, and this is called raktamukshana. So it's believed that our impaired doshas will obstruct minute channels in the body, which can lead to the accumulation of toxic waste products, which will in turn cause various diseases. Now, these doshas need to be eliminated before any drugs, diets, or specific regimes can be provided. The treatment will not be effective unless the channels in the body are cleansed. Another benefit of the Panchakarma therapy is that this can be given with very minor changes for a rejuvenative purpose in a healthy person. The health and the efficiency of the internal organs and other systems of the body will be considerably improved. Now, prior to starting a penchakarma treatment, there are two very important procedures that need to be done. The first one is oleation therapy. Now, this is the process of administering oily products into the body by either internal ingestion of ghee, bone marrow, oil, or muscle fat, or external oiling of the body as in a complete oil massage. The second one is sudation therapy. Now this is the process of opening the blocked channels of the body by sweating and allowing the excess imbalanced doshas to leave the body and the other doshas can return to their original positions. The reason for oleation is to saturate the tissues with oil so that they can become soft and pliable. And this will prevent any discomfort for treatments to the patient's body. So if you would think of a stick, If you have a stick when it's very dry, it's it's breakable just by easily bending it. But if you soak that stick in oil, it's going to become much more pliable and it's not going to break as easily. So prior to beginning the oleation and sudation therapies, we must make sure that the person receiving the Panchakarma therapy is suitable for the treatment. Once we have established this, we then must decide which medicine we're going to use, whether it be herbal ghee, herbal oil, muscle fat, or the bone marrow. So for this purpose, I'm going to say that we're going to be using ghee. So specific amounts of liquid medicated ghee is given to the patient every morning to drink. Now this is strong in action because it's not going to be diluted with any other liquids or foods. This is going to be continued daily for a maximum of seven days or until the signs of proper oleation are noted in the patient. You're going to monitor the patient regularly and examine them for the signs and symptoms of proper digestion of the medicine. If it's properly digested, the same procedure is going to be repeated the next day with an increased dose of the medicated ghee. So again, once the proper signs and symptoms are achieved, then you know that the medicine has been properly digested and the person can then have small amounts of food that are liquid, warm, and with very little oil. Quantity of food must be limited. So some of the proper signs of oleation will be a downward movement of the gas, non-formed stools, person having an aversion to fat, exhaustion, tenderness and smoothness of the body, lightness of the body, and softness of the skin. Once these are noted in the patient, we can then go into the sudation therapies of the panchakarma process. Now, panchakarma therapy makes use of a range of different Ayurvedic treatments, and all of these treatments serve to cleanse the body, the mind, and the spirit, each in their own way. These treatments will be different not only in terms of the nature of the detox, but also in terms of the herbs and oils used. Specific herbs and oils will be blended for each individual dosha, and I've compiled a list of the most important panchakarma treatments. The first one is Abhyanga. This is an individually customized herbal oil, full body massage. It's designed to penetrate the skin, relax the mind body, break up the impurities and stimulate circulation. It enhances the ability of nutrients to reach cells and it allows for the removal of waste. The second one is Sherodara. This is a warm, gentle, methodic pouring of herbalized oil over the forehead. This is, is profoundly coordinating and calming to the mind, body, and spirit. Swedana, Ayurveda's traditional steam therapy. This is designed to open the pores with the heat and the moisture, all the while keeping the head cool. So, once the pores of the body are opened, toxins are able to be released by the way of sweat, thereby helping to reduce inflammation. It can improve circulation and it promotes overall restoration and healing of the body. Now, this treatment is usually in, used in conjunction with the Abhyanga treatment, or it can be used as a standalone treatment, but keeping the head cool during the treatment provides a sense of calm and openness, while the steam over the entire body penetrates and cleanses. Number four is Vasti, or your vasti, which I mentioned earlier. This is an herbal enema, specially prepared to pull toxins out of the colon. Now this is the final stage of each daily Panchakarma treatment. It will loosen impurities from each day, and the, the impurities are flushed out of the body via the effects of the Vasti. This, the Vasti, will also transport Ayurvedic medicines into the blood tissues, and this is considered one of the most important and powerful aspects of the Panchakarma treatment. Number five is nausea. Nausea is an individually prescribed herb or oil drops that are inhaled through the nose. Um, this clears the sinuses of excessive mucus. It also is an important therapy when medicating the central nervous system. This treatment will combat a dryness that exists at the root of many of our respiratory and allergic conditions. The sixth one is Shiroabianga. This is a wonderful combination of a head, neck, and shoulder massage, and this can be followed by inhalation of steam as well as any herbalized nose drops. This is a valuable treatment to balance most head, neck, and respiratory disorders. Number seven is Pindaswedana. This is a deep cleansing treatment and it uses rice cooked in milk and herbs that's put into bolus bags and it's massaged into the tissues and the joints. Now, this treatment is deeply relaxing and rejuvenating as well as powerfully detoxifying. Now, after going through all of these, at this time I'd like to introduce Lisette Dontrema. Lisette is a holistic cook at Le Jardin de Petit, which is a daycare where she cooks for children ages 18 months to four years old. Lisette has been researching Ayurveda on her own for about the past 10 years, and she's been trying to live an Ayurvedic lifestyle. She's a 20-year cancer survivor and contributes much of her good health to knowing her dosha and being able to identify what foods and lifestyle activities balances and unbalances her i'm going to take a short break right now and when we come back i'm going to introduce Lizette.
0: become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america Visit Doreen's website at dmurphydoucette.com and click the radio tab to purchase your supplement and dosha questionnaire. It will allow you to know your body dosha and what supplements, vitamins, and minerals your body requires at any given time. You'll receive a report by email that gives you all of the required information. You'll learn which foods give you your required supplements and you have the option to purchase your report in printed book form and have it mailed directly to you. Visit dmurphydoucette.com today. you are listening to your daily dose if you have a question for Doreen Doucette or her guest today feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to Doreen's Daily Dose at gmail.com now back to your daily dose
1: Welcome back. I introduced Lisette and did her bio before we went off to break, so right now all I have to do is say welcome, Lisette, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Now, for as long as I've known you, you've always had an interest in foods and their nutritional content. So when I saw that your career was hairstyling, I have to wonder what directed you into the hairstyling industry?
3: Well back then when I was young there wasn't many career choices and even food and nutrition was a big part of my life uh, going into it was pretty far-fetched. My dad was a barber and probably that's one of the reason why I went into cosmetology and I liked it while I was doing it but I'd rather be working with food.
1: So the whole time that you've been working in hair, which you're not anymore, mm-hmm. but you were thinking
3: about food. Yes, and during those years, my older sister and I used to cater, so we we work on weekends and we'd work in evenings and, and I always liked it. She would always, when we would cater, she would always look for the tables and, the, and I would always work in the kitchen because that's where I liked to be. That's where you wanted to be? That's where I wanted to be.
1: So what actually brought you back to nutrition and where you are now with your cooking? Because you're cooking for children right at the moment.
3: Yes, I am. And it's just the opportunity that I got a job at the daycare. They knew I was leaving a job that I had at a restaurant, and they asked me if I wanted to go work there. And they said it had to be nutritious meal. You have to follow guidelines. And to me, that was challenging, and that's what I like, because that's how I eat at home. I'm a cancer survivor of 20 years, and I think that you should eat well if you want to feel good.
1: Mm-hmm. So I've been studying Ayurveda professionally for the past 11 years. So bringing it into this area that we are, it's still a word that when I mention it to so many people, they'll look at me and say, what is that? So you, on your own, you've been reading everything that you can find regarding Ayurveda. When and how did you actually find Ayurveda?
3: During the, the these past few years I have been reading and I have been searching the internet and for ideas on eating well, taking care of myself. About ten years ago during a search I came upon a website for Ayurveda. I was intrigued, I kept on reading even though I didn't really understand what it meant. So then when I went out then when I went out I bought a few books and kept on reading. Sometimes a one-size-fits-all plan doesn't work for everyone, and this is specifically for each dosha. So that was really intriguing for me to, to be reading about something that could help me.
1: Yeah. So how did you actually, actually find your dosha?
3: Well, I took a quiz online. Then I didn't know that you had to, to, to be when you were young, so I did it for that time, and I thought I was a vata. I had gray hair, dry skin, etc. And I followed their advice, it helped a bit, but there was a lot more than food to this. I still had hypertension, some anxiety, and I could see that I was still not in balance. So after that, I was, kept on looking for ideas and I found Doreen and reflexology. So I had a session with Doreen for reflexology. She was talking about Irene and I said, "Oh my god, somebody understands what I'm talking about." <laughs> so she told me that she was that she did classes. I took a class and guess what? I was a pitta. So
1: now now that you know your prakriti, which is your your dosha, as well as you know your rukriti, which is your imbalanced dosha, what are you doing differently now that you weren't doing when you thought you were Vata, what are you doing now that you were doing differently then?
3: Well, I find that um, when you read, when you read people for Pitta or for Vata, they're totally different. And I knew really that I wasn't a Vata. I find that Pitta, when I when I read on Pitta, it's me all over. And I just follow what the what the plans are. And it works. How do you mean it was different when you were
1: when you thought you were Vata, um, and, and now that you know you're, you're Peta? What were the differences between the two that you noticed specifically in yourself?
3: Well, I I didn't find that it, that it balanced me out as following the plan for for pitta.
1: So you were you were eating for your dosha when you were a vata yeah. thinking that you were vata so you were eating the food specifically for vata to yeah. try to try and uh, and and feel better. That's right. And you didn't? Nope. Did it
3: help you at all? It probably did but not as much as I wanted to. So when I found out about pitta there are things that even now I can see, for example, coffee. I like a cup of coffee. I don't drink it every day. But if I have too much of it, I know it upsets me. The same as tomatoes. I mean, I have my own greenhouse. You you plant tomatoes. But I can't eat too many tomatoes. It upsets me. So why bother to have these things if it doesn't make you feel good? Okay. So I just eliminated them and saw that it, I felt better.
1: Okay. So
3: you eat Do you eat specifically now for pita all the time? No. Okay. Because when I feel balanced, I I can tell when I'm unbalanced by the way you feel. And if I feel good and I know that I'm balanced, it doesn't mean I can't have the odd tomato or in my salad Mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh But I won't eat it hand over fist, no.
1: Okay. With us being Western, Ayurveda is East Indian. Yep. Do you go out and specifically look for foods that are from India to follow your dosha or do you regulate and balance with what we have here?
3: I regulate and balance with what we have here because it's a lot easier. I mean if it's broccoli from India roughly from here it's broccoli. You know what I mean? So yes. I always try. The spices, I use spices from India because Lots of that it works and works better and, and, I like, and I like the Indian spices, so I eat them. I find that spicy as in hot, I can't handle that at all. Because peaches can't handle That's that. That's right, I can't handle that at all, but as far as cumin, turmeric and all those things, it's not a problem. And I enjoy making food, so I enjoy trying new recipes and I enjoy making curries and I enjoy, but I never make them hot as hot spicy because it's not good for me. Do you feel
1: that it's best for people in our area to substitute some of the Indian
3: foods for our own food because we're used to it that's what we've grown up with and that's that's uh, it's our food. I think we should because it doesn't make it as complicated as if the if people think that they can only eat the other kind of food and they can't find them, then they're, they're not going to be interested to follow the program or to follow the dosha. But you can have lots of food on the, on the dosha that can help you balance. There, I know there's not just food to balance yourself. You still have, I do yoga, I enjoy to do yoga. Uh, to calm, I like to go walking and I think that that's important. I do all of those things. And I can tell when I'm out of balance. And when, you, when you're in balance and you feel good, that's the way you want to stay.
1: Okay. Since I started the show off with talking about penchakarma treatments, mm-hmm. Um, there is a full-blown penchakarma treatment that can be either 7, 14 or 21 days. These treatments can be modified and when you came to me and you thought that you were Vata, we found out that you were Pita, we modified penchakarma for you because you were you were basically healthy. Um, you didn't have a lot of illness and you didn't have a lot of disease in the body so we could do a penchakarma to get you basically back on track. How often do you do the penchakarma treatments now?
3: I come twice a year. What do you feel about the punch karma treatment? I really enjoy it. I can say that I really enjoy it sometimes, especially in the fall after you've worked all summer and you've had a hot summer and you're, you know, pitta can't stand that. When I come in the fall, I really, really enjoy it. I find that's the time of the year, or I should say when I have some cravings uh, stuff like that and I find it puts me back on my feet you fast for a day it makes you feel better and I just I just love it
1: do you mind doing the fasting for a day no I don't um, do you find that you really get hungry are, are you hungry you I mean you use the castor oil um, and then you follow it by hot water throughout the day to to flush the system um, do you eat in the evening at all That evening,
3: yes, well, the first, I I eat the evening, yes, I have a light supper. Okay. And then the next day, you have your tea in the morning, and then you fast all day. Okay. And you can have your half a cup of rice at that next supper time. And what I usually do, I'll make a batch of kitcherine that I really like. Okay. And the next day, I'm going to have kitcherine. Okay. Just because I like and I know it's... Soothing and it's easy on the stomach. Can you tell us how you make your kitchuri? Well, I found a recipe for a recipe for one. So what I do is I'll soak my rice and my dal the night before, and then the next morning, because I'll bring it for my lunch. I make it right. I make it in the morning before I go to work, and it's very easy. It doesn't take long to and I'll usually have vegetables that are already cooked so I can throw in there so I have extra vegetables. And I really like it. It's very tasty and I like it. So okay. I'll eat kishri the following day. I always do.
1: Good. Before you do your penchakarma treatment, can you tell us some of the, the ways that you feel before you have your treatment and then some of how you feel after you have your treatment? What are the differences?
3: Well, how am I going to say that? (laughs) I find that before the treatment, like I say, especially in the fall when I've worked all summer in a kitchen where it's hot and you get agitated or irritated and, you know, you can't wait for the fall. And sometimes I find it's just plain soothing. So after I've had, after I have my penchakarma and my cravings are gone and you don't want to be picking in food all the time, for me, it's feels a lot better because I want to be in control
1: okay so you want to be in control of your own body that's what happens to your own body so do you find that you feel lighter do you have a better sense mentally how do you feel after your panchakarma
3: I find mentally it's very good because I enjoy I enjoy the massage Mm-hmm. I enjoy the hot oil on the bottom. You have the pinda swedana. Yes, yeah. and I really enjoy that, and I don't mind the steam. I, yeah. At first I thought I was, but I, I don't. And I find when you when you come out of there and you put your clothes on, you get back home, and then you kind of cozy up in the evening. You know, you don't. I don't want to get cold. I'll just cozy up. And I, I find that the next day, put both feet on the floor, and you think, I'm going to start over again because you feel balanced. And that's how I feel. It makes me feel good. I, 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 I think there's a lot of people could benefit from this.
1: Oh, I'm sure a lot of people could benefit from this. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I'm sure. So, before, when you're feeling unbalanced mm-hmm. and you say that you're craving,
3: are there specific things that you crave? Me, it's, it's I say salt, but I like salty things and with hypertension you don't eat salt so guess what sometimes you'd like to have that bag of chips or you know eat in a restaurant where it's nice and salty Mm -hmm. and i treat myself i do get my bag of chips and i'll eat it but it's not something that I eat a lot and I always watch myself because of my hypertension. Okay. To me it's very important to keep my blood pressure in check. Absolutely. And I don't eat salt. are you on medication for your blood pressure? Yes I am. Are you? Yes. Have you been able to lower it since you've been having treatments? Uh no, but it's it's normal. It's keeping Okay. I go to the doctor and when I went in September he said he said it's it's okay. Like so I don't okay. want to push the issue like Good. I don't want to come off my medication if because he says it's probably a hereditary thing. Okay. Because I, it's not because I don't walk or that I don't watch what I eat, yeah. I never, we, we seldom eat in the restaurant. I always make my food at home and it's always from scratch, uh-huh. it's not from boxes or cans. So there's a lot less salt. And I don't eat like uh, dead meats and stuff like that.
1: So do you find that that's very important to not eat from boxes and cans and all of this processed food that we have thrown at us daily? Yes,
3: I think it's very important because that's where I think that a lot of the fat and salt is. Oh, absolutely. You
1: know. So, with you, when you're cooking for the children, how do you cook for them? Do you cook the same way as you would for yourself at home, or are you getting nutritious, trying to get
3: nutritious foods into them as much as possible? It's not hard to do that for the kids at all. I mean, you can, for an example, when I make lasagnas and I make my own lasagna sauce, I always put a can of pumpkin in the lasagna sauce and I call that my secret ingredients. The kids eat it, they don't even know it's there. And you can do that with a lot of things at the daycare. You can put, uh, the other day I had leftover veggies, there was cauliflower, carrots and broccoli. I put it through the blender and I mashed it in my fish cakes and the kids didn't know that it was there. So they, they had extra veggies that they didn't know they were eating. And that's wonderful
1: because yeah. the children in daycare, most times, their parents are so busy. Yes, they are. And it's very important for the kids to have a good start in life. So daycare is, is one of the ways that, yeah. that you know, if you're cooking nutritionally for them, yeah. it's giving them a good start. Yeah. And I'm sure the parents enjoy this.
3: Plus, they all sit at a table and they all eat the same thing. So... If one looks at the other, they're, they're not going to have anything else, that's, not, that's lunch and, and they eat, it's, it's fun to watch. Nice. Sometimes it's surprising to see what they eat.
1: So Lisette, can you tell me why is it that you want to feel so good? Most of us, um, like we want to feel good, but there's so many times that we're going to go out and we're going to indulge because it's so easy to indulge. Um, We go away and we have, you know, tons of new restaurants that we don't have in our local area. So we want to try this, even though we know it's not going to make us feel good after we have these meals. But we want to forego feeling good because we want to have we want to experience that other food. Why is it for you that, that you can pass this stuff up? How come you want to feel that good?
3: Well, I'm a cancer survivor and I've also suffered from depression and I've always said that if I could survive, I was going to take care of myself. So to me, it's not worth not feeling good because I've been there where I wasn't feeling good when you take treatments and stuff like that. Now that I, that I have a choice that I can feel good, yes, I'm not going to do those things because I want to feel good, and I hope I'm going to live a long life and I'll see 100. You will see 100, Lisette. I'm quite sure of well, that.
1: I <laughs> and I hope that I'm going to be here to wish you your 100th well, happy I hope. birthday.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, Lisette, we're going to take a break right now, okay. and I'll I'll talk with you again on the other side of the break. Okay, thank you.
0: Visit Doreen's website at dmurphyduset.com and click the radio tab to purchase your supplement and dosha questionnaire. It will allow you to know your body dosha and what supplements, vitamins, and minerals your body requires at any given time. You'll receive a report by email that gives you all of the required information. You'll learn which foods give you your required supplements and you have the option to purchase your report in printed book form and have it mailed directly to you. Visit dmurphydoucet.com today. You are listening to your daily dose. If you have a question for Doreen Doucette or her guest today, feel free to call in to 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Doreen's Daily Dose at gmail.com. Now, back to your daily dose.
1: So, Lisette, let's get back to you finding your dosha and finding your actual dosha, which is pita. Okay, so a lot of times uh, when I'm giving a seminar and I have a, a whole group in here with me, normally the pita people don't want to be pita. Because one of the unbalanced characteristics of a pita is they're quite argumentative. One thing that I notice is the PETA people will sit there and they will say, no, I'm not PETA because I'm not argumentative. And the other PETA person will say, well, yes, you are because you want to argue. And we can have quite a debate over who is and who is not PETA. When you found out that you were PETA and even the good qualities um, uh, you noted that you had, when you saw that an unbalanced pita can be quite argumentative, how did that make you feel? And is that one, one
3: of the things that you notice about yourself? Are you argumentative? Well, probably everybody is to a point, but it's true. When you get, to when sometimes when you're out of balance, little things will upset you more than on regular days when you're balanced so like what because I don't think that I have ever
1: seen you that you have wanted to be argumentative you come here uh, when I have seminars and you do some cooking for me and and um, you know any anything that I can ask you to do it's yeah not a problem I don't think I've ever seen you
3: well I'm not an argumentative person person to, per se, but like I say, there are times probably people would say something that kind of picks you and, you know, you know that you're that person. (laughs) (laughs) So that's when you know that you're getting close to a
1: panchakarma time? Yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some of the qualities of pita, they're hot, they're light, they're intense. We have intense feelings when we're pita, Penetrating, pungent, sharp, and acidic. Most Balanced Pita people will be of medium size and weight. They have excellent digestion and a warm body temperature.
3: Do you find this is true to you when you're balanced? Yes. And as far as a warm body temperature, I'm always one that's always warm or hot. The rest of the people are, you know, cold and no, I'm I'm comfortable. But it's true. I can tell that I have a body temperature that's warmer than other people. Okay. Do you mind the summers? Yes, I do mind the summers. My best time of the year is the fall. So you don't like to go south
1: in the winter? Not at all. I don't. Do you find that you're a sound sleeper? When I'm balanced, I am, and when I'm not, I'm not. So that's one thing that you notice when you yes. begin to come unbalanced yes. is yes. you don't sleep well. Nope. What about your energy? Because when you're balanced, PETA people will have an abundance of energy.
3: And that I can see because on days when you're kind of down or you don't feel good, you don't have the energy that you do when you're balanced and you calm inside and you feel good. Yes, I do have energy on those things and I can accomplish a lot. That's good. How's your appetite? I'm always hungry. I could eat any time of the day, but I don't because I don't think it's necessary. So now, can you eat any time of the day, whether you're balanced or?
1: Oh, excuse me, unbalanced?
3: Well, I find that I can eat anytime, but I always watch what I eat and how I eat, because I've got hyperglycemia, and you should eat little snacks during the day, and I always do. And like this morning, it was hummus and carrots and snap peas, because I love hummus, and it's easy to eat, it's, you know, so... I always do have little snacks in the morning and the afternoon. I try not to eat at night because that sometimes I find upsets my stomach before I go to bed.
1: Okay. Some of the things to do to balance PETA, if you're unbalanced, is to not create unnecessary time pressures for yourselves. Do you try try to do that?
3: Yes, all the time because I think that this world today is overbooked with everything. That's true. Lots of people don't take time... Take time, just time for nothing. Time to read a book, time to have a cup of tea, time to, like I say, feed my chickens, go in the backyard, work in my gardens. You need time. Yeah, that we certainly do. Another
1: thing is do not skip meals. Do you ever skip meals? I never skip a meal. No? Never If you, skip you do a meal. skip a meal, or if you were to skip a meal, mm-hmm. do you, can you tell us how you might feel? Do you get anxious? Do you get upset? That well, you miss I'd that be me? darn hungry.
3: Yeah, bet you I'm sure of that. Well, I'm never going to skip a meal because this is my life. I like to cook. Yeah,
1: yeah, true. Um, another thing, which which I know you do, is to regularly spend time in nature. Yes,
3: all the time. That
1: certainly balances the pita. Um, it, yes, it's, it's so good for and us. And where
3: I live, we're out in the woods, so it's easy.
1: Wonderful. Now, do you perform daily massages? No I don't. Using oils, you don't because that is another thing that can balance the pita quite well. Yes. Um, and that's very good for us in between the panchakarma
3: treatments. Sometimes I'll rub oil on my feet before going to bed. Okay. It's not all the time but I do and I like and I like that. Mhm. Another thing
1: to favor specific
3: colors. What are your favorite colors? I like blues and greys and you know, just calming colors. That's I just finished painting my whole house and they're slate grey. And
1: that is another thing that you should do um, to balance pita and you should favor the colors of blues, greens, and silvers. Yeah. Now you had mentioned about cravings. Yeah. And that you did have some cravings. Mm-hmm. You crave salt.
3: It's not all the time, but I do sometimes. (laughs) Okay. So
1: when a person is craving salty foods, it means that their body is lacking chlorides. Okay. Okay. Can you, I'm going to test, I'm going to test your food knowledge now. Okay. Can you give me some foods, just two or three different foods that I should eat if I am lacking chlorides in my body, instead of having this salt?
3: Well, you would eat beets, I guess,
1: wheat, lettuce, tomatoes,
3: celery. Do you eat a lot of these foods because you're the one who wanted the salt? Yes, uh, well, yeah, and beets is one thing that I eat a lot. It's just one thing I like, I put it, I uh, boil beets and I put them in salads and I eat them with just salt and pepper and, you know, a little bit of butter or ghee. And we eat a lot of beets at home. Yes, we do.
1: Okay. You're a tea drinker, are you? Yes, I am. Do you ever crave tea when you don't have it?
3: It's not a craving. Sometimes you just want a cup of tea, just like me. I'd like to have a cup of tea just to sit and relax. Okay. It's more the idea of the tea than the time just to sit.
1: If a person has a craving for tea, it means that they're missing phosphorus, sulfur, or iron from their diet. Okay. Can you give us some foods that
3: would contain phosphorus, sulfur, or iron? Nuts. Okay. Nuts do it. Um, Protein with legumes. Okay. Good.
1: If someone is craving chocolate, they are usually missing magnesium. Magnesium is um, I had read a book once, The Magnesium Miracle, you know, there's so, so many of us that are depleted in magnesium. Yes. Severely depleted in Mm -hmm. magnesium. A lot of our aches and pains come from not having enough magnesium in our body. What are some of the things that I should be eating to get magnesium naturally?
3: Well, I tell you, I know that pumpkin seed has a lot of magnesium and we eat a lot of that home. Do you? Yes, we do. Okay. I buy them raw and I roast them. Just roast them in the oven, and it's really good. Okay. So nuts, grains. Okay.
1: If someone is craving sweets, they are usually missing chromium, phosphorus, or sulfur. So what are some of the foods that would have chromium,
3: phosphorus, or sulfur in them? Uh, Bananas, I see. I would say dried fruits, fruits, veggies.
1: Okay. I'm going to stick to bananas here because I have an issue with bananas. Okay. I have so many clients who come in and they have stomach upset. Stomach upset. My husband was one. Stomach upset, always complaining about heartburn, indigestion, stomach upset. Mm -hmm. When they told me that they were eating bananas and how many bananas they would be eating, I would tell them, cut out your bananas. And see, bananas are extremely difficult on the digestion.
3: And I eat bananas. I eat bananas because of the blood pressure medication. They say that it's yeah. good to eat bananas, and I won't eat a banana every day, but I do eat bananas. Yeah,
1: but if you were to eat one every day, I bet you'd have some stomach upset. Would be very well. Let's stick with some other things. Um, okay, bread. Bread is something that I think so many people crave. Now, yes. whether it is a craving, or or whether they just love bread, bread, bread is a huge, huge thing around here. And if you're craving, have an actual craving for the bread product, you're missing nitrogen. What are some foods that would be high in nitrogen? Nuts and legumes. Okay. Now, soda and fatty foods. Well. We drink so much soda. I don't. I don't either. But many, many people still yes, drink many, so many, much soda that I don't really too. know. I don't really know if somebody could actually have a craving for the soda, or if they're just so used to, to drinking yeah. it that they have yes, to have it. Yes. So, if they're craving soda or fatty foods, mm-hmm. then they're lacking calcium.
3: What are some foods that would have Calcium. And people seem to think that calcium is just milk. But Absolutely. calcium is not just milk. You can have calcium in vegetables like spinach, lettuce, carrots, cauliflower, broccoli, because they always talk about broccoli, uh, sesame seeds. Uh, you know, it's a good.
1: They're all good sources of so calcium. calcium yeah. yeah, as well as um, your your dairy products. But I find that a lot of people are are uh, trying to get away from dairy yes. products now. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and you know, it, it could be for for um, dietary reasons. It could be for illness reasons. Some people just can't have. That's right. The lactose and. and There's a lot of people with lactose
3: intolerance. It, yeah,
1: there are now. There are um, people who are craving meat. If you're craving meat, it says you're lacking some iron in your diet. How can we get iron other than meat? Seeds,
3: pumpkin seeds, beans, sunflower seeds, green vegetables. Okay. Um,
1: Blueberries are one that do have a little bit of iron in them. Um, blueberries are very high in antioxidant as well and people who are undergoing I'm not sure did you with your cancer did you undergo um, chemo or radiation I went to chemo okay because antioxidants are something that you really should not Um, increase in your diet when you are undergoing chemo or radiation therapies.
3: I know because when I was going through chemo I was going to see a naturopathic doctor and I was taking uh, supplements and she said that the first thing to do was to stop taking your supplements because you wanted your chemo to work. Exactly. And I did for the six
1: months I took my treatments. Okay. And how did you feel when you stopped taking your supplements, did you notice a difference in
3: your body? Well, the thing was, I was sick after my treatments, so yeah. it probably I, I couldn't tell the difference whether I was feeling good or not, but every time I'd go for my treatments, they take blood work. And the, the nurses on oncology kept saying, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing what you're doing because you're doing something right. I never missed a chemo which was very important. Absolutely. Do you take a lot of supplements now? I still take supplements, yes. What ones? uh, I take uh, an E. I take a B-complex. I take a C. uh, Calcium and magnesium. Okay.
1: Now, have you been tested to know that you are low in all of these, or are you taking them just because you feel you need to have them? Uh,
3: It's the naturopathic doctor that, that... We need to take them. And I see her on a regular basis, on a yearly basis. So we always go through. And if she thinks uh, she had given me A and I'm off of that, like whatever she thinks that I don't need. She says, you don't need to take supplements that you don't need to take. You should only take supplements that you need. Even though something is good out there, it doesn't mean you have to take it. Maybe exactly. I need it. Exactly. You know? And that is one of the things that I have tried to get
1: through to people in in a couple of these shows is with your supplements, make sure that you need to have the That's supplements. Right. Test, you know, it's
3: be sure that somebody
1: that knows what they're doing tells you to absolutely. do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And take a quality supplement when you have to take yes. a supplement. Yes. I encourage that that uh, people do uh, check out my my website and they can fill out the questionnaire there as to what supplements their body is lacking, Mm -hmm. what supplements that they may have too much in, and I certainly encourage people to only take the supplements that they are low in for a period of three months Mm -hmm. and then test again to see because you may not need that supplement and
3: then all you're creating is an expensive pee. Plus I find that people with medication, on medication, there's lots of uh, supplements that don't work with medication. You oh. have to know what you're doing. Absolutely. You can't just mix. And and it's very important to go to a professional that knows what you're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So let's get back to one more craving. And I find this is, is such a strange craving, but people do have it. People, some people will like to scrape the burnt uh, brown stuff from the bottom of their frying well, pan. Well, of
3: course, it's the tasty part. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, sometimes that means that we are lacking carbohydrates. What should we be having if we lack carbs? Well, we could have fruits. We could have fruits. Absolutely, we can. Lisette. Again, I really want to thank you for joining me today and helping us to understand some of the benefits that Ayurveda can have on our everyday life. It's wonderful that you had had started looking into this way before it became popular. It still isn't that popular in our area. There's a lot of of education that has to go with it, but we are getting there. Um, I'd also like to thank all of our listeners today for joining us, and I'll be back again next week right here on Voice America with Your Daily Dose. For now, I wish everyone your best health.
0: Thank you for joining us for your Daily Dose. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition with your host, Doreen Duset. We'll see you then.